King. King will barge over. Will he get it down? Yes, he does. There's the premiership. Wilson runs to the line. He's got Buxton with him. It's been put on the toe. It's going to be to try. Joy Jobson's got the try. Window will get their second. You always think a league cup. Newcastle Hunters home rugby league. Welcome back, episode 22 of season 2022, League Castle. You are tuned in to all of your Newcastle and Hunter Rugby League coverage and things are heating right on up. We've got grand finals this weekend in the Central Coast and Group 21 competitions. We'll cover off on those fixtures in the closeout of the show so you can make sure to keep abreast of all those preliminary finals in the Denton Engineering Cup and Newcastle Rugby League as well as Preliminary finals across all 10 grades of the Newcastle and Hunter Community Rugby League competitions as well. So absolute blockbuster up there at Lakeside. Two fields going all day on Saturday. Uh, or you've got your option to head down to Macquarie for the Denton and Newcastle Rugby League competition. So, so many things to pick from. So much footy. It's the pointy end. It's all the best of it. So much to dig into. But, of course, we wouldn't be able to dig into it without the proud business partners that get on board with us. We're so pumped to have these guys on board. For the guys that are heading to Grand Finals this weekend, all of the content that we cover for Group 21 is brought to us by Shipley Meets, the Central Coast Rugby League at Sharp DS Central Coast, and we really thank them for coming on board for the first ever time this year, and we look forward to hopefully welcoming them back in uh, bigger and uh, better circumstances in season 2023. And of course, Beaver Brewery for the Newcastle Hunter Rugby League and Junkyard Skips for the Denton Engineering Cup and the Newcastle Rugby League competitions. They're also the proud partner of our Stats Man of the Year. We're going to have our Stats Team of the Year to be revealed in the coming week or so. And, of course, we already awarded our Stats Man of the Year prize. It was a joint winners, Cameron Anderson from Central Newcastle, a.k.a. Spider, and Matt Soper-Lawler from the Maitland Pickers. So great to see both of those guys after a really strong season that we were able to give them some reward. Thank you to Junkyard Skips. And also present something to their chosen charity partner, the Black Dog Institute, which, again, a really great cause, and all thanks to Junkyard Skips. We've got some other reveals coming up in the coming weeks. We've got a bumper lineup of content across the next week from the release of this week's episode on Wednesday morning through to next week with uh, multiple things going on. We'll talk a little bit about that in the uh, segment with the stats man brought to you, as I said, by Junkyard Skips when we look back at last week's games as well as what's coming with the coverage that we can provide you on our social media channels. They are, of course, League Castle AU on Instagram. If you're not already on there, get on there. There's a giveaway gear. Thanks to all the clubs. Again, more detail in the segment with Josh, the stats man. Um, and again, a big thanks to the clubs that have provided us the uh, opportunity to do those giveaways. We couldn't do it without them. But it's a bumper episode. We've got three guests on top of Josh. We've got Reed Hugo from the Cessnock Goannas. We've got Mark Regardo from the Budgie Woy Bulldogs. And we've also got Scott Webby Fitzpatrick, the captain of the Dora Creek Swampies A-grade, covering off on the A-grade as well as the C-grade competition. Dora Creek still alive, fighting deep into that competition from fifth. So we look forward to sitting down with all of them. It's going to be a cracking episode. So let's kick it off with the Stats Man. As we've done all year, let's kick off the show with our Admiral of Abacus, our 
superintendent of statistics and whatever other superlatives you might want to come up for, the man that's given up countless hours of his time to crunch the numbers, provide the graphics and all the detail. It just adds to that statistical enjoyment of rugby league. Josh Spiegelman, good to have you back on again, mate. Uh, another week and uh, another bunch of stats. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Oya. Good to be back again. I uh, wouldn't say countless hours. I've counted them up. Don't you worry. It's just teetering <laughs> on about 500, mate. You know how I like my numbers. Uh, the stat, the stats on crunching the stats. I like it. How many, how many, <laughs> how many, how many coffees or whatever else it is that you you take a uh, drink to keep you going, mate? Mate, I'm actually a bit of a bubble tea fanatic. People don't know what that is. It's uh, basically a caffeinated uh, tea with uh, some, you know, bubble pearls, whatever you want to say. And it's very nice. I recommend it, but uh, probably not the best for you. So um, probably worse for wear after the season. Yeah, I don't think any of those things, if you're drinking in too much volume, whether it's coffee, my uh, energy drinks as I stare at the monsters sitting on my desk or, you know, um, just, you know, pure cocaine. I don't think any of them are particularly good for you or bubble tea probably in high volumes. <laughs> Yeah, probably not, mate, unless you're uh, going into a bathroom to help you, mate. Yeah, well, you know, boys in, boys in blue and red look after each other. Uh, but, yeah, mate, you know, everything everything in moderation, they say. Moderation's a relative term, I suppose. That's right, mate. That's right. No more comments on potential illegalities. Let's constant them. Yeah, we don't, we don't want to have plaques put up anywhere with our names on them, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Let, let, let's get into it, mate. Um, it was uh, it was an interesting weekend of rugby league that we've had. The major and minor semi-finals. We've seen no surprises probably for most punters. The Maitland Pickers head through to the big dance with a week off. Although there's going to be some interesting pieces around, um, you know, injuries, suspensions, those sorts of things potentially to come out of where things sit. But um, yeah, it'll be Macquarie taking on Cessnock in the preliminary final for the right to take them on, but. At about 2.45 on on uh, Sunday, it didn't look like it, that was going to be the matchup we were going to have, mate. No, it didn't at all, mate. The um, Central Cessnock game, of course, their game of two halves with uh, Central going in, uh, two converted tries in front at the break by my recollection. So, yeah, obviously uh, Cessnock went in the sheds there a bit down, but whatever Harry said to the boys, work wonders and, you know, Central... Unfortunately, save one of their probably worst halves of footy for, for the game that mattered most, or I guess they all matter in the, the eliminations. But um, they'll be back stronger and better next year. They've got some great youth in that side. And it's uh, sort of sad for the boys, but it just wasn't meant to be that drought to be broken this year. No, exactly right. And, you know, as per that story you shared, mate, you talk about youth. Mate, Kane Anderson might get uh, get roped into the circus with the sort of acrobatic performances that he's been putting in. And that, that try, that was phenomenal, mate. Uh, we had the still of it, which is... One of the greatest still shots of season 2022. Um, I was about to mention the fact that a game of two halves is possibly one of my favourite rugby league uh, cliches, but that's my favourite rugby league photo I think I've seen in, in season 2022. Absolutely fantastic, mate. Freakish effort. And uh, like you mentioned off air as well, Kane wants that fullback jersey, but um, you tries like that on the wing, NRL calibre finishes, it's going to be hard for him to, to move off that wing. Well, he might, he might move on to a wing somewhere else, like, like the other brother, mate, uh, rather than taking... Spiders jersey, he might be might be hunting bigger fish and bigger jerseys. I know we uh, heard from someone in the know who uh, knows the Anderson boys very well, mate, and he uh, he suggested us that you know if it wasn't for cricket, he thinks Kane's actually the most talented of the three. Not to cast any aspersion against the defending co junkyard skips player of the year, stats man of the year, or indeed a man who's made his NRL debut this year and uh, gone to be upgraded to the top thirty at the Melbourne Storm. Yeah, tremendous athletic family there. And all three of them wouldn't look out of place uh, with, with NRL colours, as with Grant shown. And um, 
um, or from what we've heard, that Kane wouldn't look out of place at high-level cricket as well. So um, lucky for some, I guess. Yeah, mate. Um, I, I was I was doing well to apply my trades. I was probably punching above my uh, ability by playing uh, off the bench in third grade. So anyway, and that's in both cricket and <laughs> rugby league. So. <laughs> That's all they're having to go at the end of the day, is it? Oh, mate, someone's got to fill those those double uh, XL jerseys on the bench of third grade, um, and they swam on me at that in those days. But geez, I had a good time and uh, made up for it with the social pursuits. I was pretty good at that side of it. Yeah, that's awesome, mate. Well, yeah, we, we can reminisce all we want about our glory days, but we'll probably take thirty seconds. So um, let's, let's go on a more interesting. <laughs> I, I think I'll just run with the fact you called them glory days. So let's let's move on to the games from the weekend, mate, and let's go. Let's go with the Sunday game first. As you said, it was a game of two halves. Central got out to a, a flying start. It was probably sort of uh, exacerbated the scoreline in terms of that Kai Cooper intercept late. Uh, to see them go to that break leading, as you said, by a couple of tries. And then it was all things Cessnock in the second half as they ran them down and went straight past them and straight into the preliminary final. A 22-16 to 16 win. Uh, plenty of numbers, I'm sure, mate. But uh, who were your standouts in terms of... Uh, I'm happy for you to start with either either our uh, defeated defeated uh, um, butcher boys or our victorious goannas. Yeah, yeah, for sure, mate. I think I'll start with the victorious goies there. Um, I don't have the, the stats don't really back up the performance that the halves had to set. Not uh, Sam Clute and Harry Tyker, but just amazing the way they controlled that game. Their, their completion rate was was high, uh, which was one area that the central struggled with during the game, especially the second half. Uh, they controlled the game really well with their kicking as well. So credit to those two boys. I think they deserve a, a definite shout-out. From a stats perspective, and um, you go to just a general uh, assist, assistance for, for them getting the victory, that their two wingers, Cessnock, uh, Brent Mendyke and Josh Charles, definitely worth mentions here. Uh, 195 metres for Mendyke from 21 carries and 206 metres from Charles from 20 carries was the top two performances over both games that we'll cover today. Uh, both their centres, uh, Honady Tour and Harvey Neville, cracked 100 metres uh, as well as that. So you can see why uh, the centres and wingers contributed to Cessnock's uh, victory here with really strong running, uh, really hard to get down and, and over that advantage line, quick play the balls. Yeah, certainly two absolute standouts. And uh, to tally up, uh, I think I think over 400 metres in total, we said, um, is is phenomenal for, for two blokes. Um, that's normally uh, some total of a back five for a well-performing team. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, yeah, credit where credit's due there. I'm sure you'll see those two guys uh, uh, line up on the wing in their next round against the Scorps as well. And that's an area that I'm sure the Scorps will look to limit. Uh, you can't really kick to either of them, I guess. But, uh, yeah, get kick chase is important and getting down in their faces in a solid line. So we'll move on to the forwards now for Cessnock. Um, Jaden Young from the bench, uh, really, really good impact. 100 metres, four tackle busts and three effective offloads. Uh, you know, most of his carries, if not all, were wins. So finding his front, quick play of the balls, and obviously our second phase play off the offloads. And the other forward I'll mention is um, Wyatt Shaw. Uh, we mentioned him a lot this season, and well deserved. 143 meters from 15 carries, two offloads, a try assist, a line break assist, three tackle busts. Uh, it's not surprising, as, as the viewers would have seen, he got a man of the match for this game from Newcastle Rugby League. So congratulations to Wyatt and Jaden. Yeah, both been solid performers for Cessnock this year and uh, really consistent. We've talked about Wyatt a number of times, you say, and he just continues to, to uh, keep um, chipping through and, and putting up the numbers for them, as does Jaden Young. And, mate, he just, again, very deceptive, like built built like a, a centre slash second rower and runs like a front rower the way. I've, uh, I've never seen someone of that frame who has just 
and I mean this in the nicest possible way, so little respect for his own body. Yeah, definitely, mate. Him and uh, Jarrett Anderson, they both are like that for, for the goies. They both uh, launch themselves into bigger opponents, play after play, and, and it really helps their team. And, I mean, I mean, Seth's not having upsides with the two big boppers, um, Sione Nahe and Sam Adora coming off the bench as well. Uh, they both had good games here as well. So it's a nice mix of Cessnock of God. They look very dangerous. Next week, Scorps are going to have to be on their on their game. They certainly will, mate. And they've got some challenges, which we'll touch on in a minute after we wrap up their game. But uh, it's certainly going to be an interesting one. Um, Cessnock there, uh, pretty stacked. We're fortunate to have Reed Hugo coming on the show uh, in this episode as well. And, look, Cessnock are, are pretty... Um, pretty full to the brim in terms of talent and, and you just have to think that you know if they make the grand final, they've got Jared Anderson to try and squeeze back in there somewhere. You just talked about him, but they're in a good position in terms of health and players returning and you know getting everyone back on the paddock. They'll probably miss Peter Godinay for the remainder of the season, but they've just gone to another level and uh, a lot of people, myself included, didn't really expect to see them this deep into the season uh, with the, the, the week one finals challenges they face, but They've overcome that, put a couple of finals, wins together, and uh, look, they're not to be underestimated at Lyle Peacock on Saturday. No, definitely not, mate. And it's worth noting that Tyro Neen, who did a really good job in the halves a week ago, uh, he didn't even get on the field, didn't register a stat for this one. He was just rested in 14. So um, when he comes on next week, which I'm sure he will, uh, he'll fill that void that Godinay usually would do. Um, you know, we, we've seen his versatility, obviously, now playing and mixing around the half, but he's, he's strong at ball running from centre or wing as well. is uh, tremendous. So they've got, they're flush with options and, yeah, good luck to them next week. But uh, there's a couple of guys on the central side I'd like to touch on as well. Yep, fire away, mate. I'll, I'll hand it to you to run with the blue and whites. Yeah, so um, Ethan Campbell, the young second rower there, started this game because obviously Randall Briggs was out suspended after that high tackle uh, a week ago against the Scorps. So he, he actually topped the, the team, the game, and the round with 42 tackles, which was a really solid effort. Not many misses for a young bloke, so that's, they've got a player in, in young Ethan there. Uh, the centre, Tomato Alexander, was really strong with the ball, 127 metres, uh, four tackle busts, a try assist, and line break assist. And probably the best on ground for me was uh, Big Cam King there, number eight, big forward. Uh, we, we touched on off air that uh, obviously Junior Rasega was out with an injury. Uh, Shillings was suspended. Briggs was suspended. So they were down on, on troops, two of their middles. And I thought Cam King really held his own. Uh, 132 metres, which topped their pack. Scored a try from about 12 metres out, which, you know, get ahead of steam up, hard to stop. Big Cam King, uh, four tackle busts. Uh, most of them came in that run, I think. Uh, line break and two offloads. So... Uh, pretty decent stats across the park. Um, him and Witty Baker, I thought, you know, did their best to hold the four there. But, you know, when those boys were off, well, I think Seth's not got the upper hand in the middle and, and roll on with it. Yeah, certainly, uh, Cam King. Shame that uh, we won't see him relive uh, the illustrious highlights that saw him feature in our intro and outro. Um, as the, uh, well, I think he's the first of the players that uh, the, the commentator names there as he won a title for Souths. Um, a handful of years ago, uh, and look, you'd be a brave man to write off him claiming maybe another, at least one, if uh, not more, in the remainder of his career. I think he's got a few years left in him, does Cam King, and, and as you said, shouldered quite a lot of the brunt of those outs on the weekend, but unfortunately it wasn't enough to see Central through to the prelim. Speaking of the prelim, Macquarie, they had a rough day on Saturday, mate. Uh, they went down in a fairly comprehensive manner, 42-14. to 14, They went down to a Maitland side. But a big part of that, uh, they lost a fair um, 
a fairly key player, I guess you'd say, in uh, in Searle. Uh, that's uh, Baden Searle, their halfback, due to a broken leg just from an innocuous tackle from uh, James Taylor. And that's going to be a big concern for them as to where they re- where they find a seven. It's not exactly an easy slot to fill at the best of times, but they're you know looking down the, the gun, I guess, of a, a makeshift seven and looking at you know the uh, James Callanan article in today's Herald. He's certainly um, you know Steve Kidd uh, going to wait till after training to really figure out what his best combination is. We'll obviously see Jeremy Gibson there, but he's got a few options to look at. Yeah, he does, mate. There's, um, you know, Scorps are blessed with a number of blokes who are quite versatile, mixing around the halves before. Um, you've got Dean Morris, who's shown his versatility with uh, playing, you know, centre and, and wing really well, but he's mixed in around the halves before. Obviously, Matt Moon, show favourite. He's Mr. Versatile, Mr. Utility, number 14. He could definitely mix in with Jeremy Gibson there. Uh, Kurt Aldridge as well, usually more of a traditional hooker off the bench, but he has playmaking ability. I've seen him. Uh, structure plays, you know, kick the ball pretty well, short kicking game. So I'm sure it'd be a nice compliment. And you've got the the wealth of experience that Carrot brings from number one. So we, we, you think we think he'll he'll be left there, but I'm sure he'll provide uh, guidance and experience for, for probably a very young halves pairing and a do or die match. Yeah, certainly. I, I think I think the the, the choice of Carrot might, as uh, Kitty said in the Herald, might hinge on the availability of Kyle Kingston. too. I don't think they've. You know, like if they can get Kyle Kingston to drop into fullback, then they don't lose. I mean, there's obviously still a gap. Carrod's their first choice fullback for a reason, but if they then went to someone else who's less comfortable or less familiar with playing in playing in that position, um, as we saw earlier in the year when, ironically enough, Baden Searle played there and, and out of his best position, uh, they might lose quite a bit. But a few different options there, as you say, uh, it's a tough time. You know, the obvious solution would have been Jaden Wright, but he's been out for about a month anyway, out of reserve grade and was a big part of their reserve grade sides. Good form early in the season. So, um, yeah, the footy guys just not shining, smiling on Macquarie men wearing the seven. So uh, it'll be interesting to see. And maybe that's the reason Matt Moon says he'll only wear 14, mate. Yeah, it could be. It could be a superstition. Um, yeah, I've got about right there. He, he had a couple games in the um, in the seven, maybe this season or, or before. Yeah, he showed some real promise. So it's a shame he's not available. Um, but, yeah, we'll see, we'll see what they go with, I'm sure. Uh, Roche and Kitty will have the best plan lined up. They're, they're very good coaches, as we know. So, um, yeah, I'm sure they get whoever's there ready for the big game. Yeah, exactly right. And, and they, like Central the week before them, will be uh, likely without one of their key front rowers, too, in the uh, the big and aggressive Bobby Tracy, who is uh, facing a suspension as well, so from that game. So uh, he will uh, he'll get a two-game suspension with the early guilty plea. So the bad news for Bobby is... If he is does take the early guilty plea or if he fights it and loses, he won't feature again this season. Um, they've also got an asterisk and a question mark over the shoulder injury to Malik Dayalu. Uh, so, yeah, a few question marks for the Scorps. The biggest one is across the number seven, but uh, certainly some thinking to be done by Kitty and Rochi. But let's let's before we look forward, let's look back and have a look at the, uh, the standouts for this game. Obviously, I'm sure there's some big numbers for Maitland, mate, but uh, some solid performers from Macquarie as well. Yeah, that's right. I thought, um, as we mentioned on the show numerous times, Luke Higgins, the, the front rower from the Scorps, was, was their best statistically here. 32 tackles to top the team at 94%, which is just great considering the pack he was going up against, playing some bigger minutes as well. Uh, 14 runs for 124 metres and also a try off a kick as well, which you don't usually expect. But uh, Luke continues to put in week out, week in, week out in this competition. Um, this game was no different and I'm sure he's going to give it his all. 
uh, next week as well with Liam, obviously his brother. He got 31 tackles in this game. Uh, you know, he's going to try his heart out. Obviously, it's his last season in the Newcastle Rugby League and maybe Rugby League in general. So, um, be sad to see him go out. I hope, hope he gets to make the grand final, but let's, let's see. Yeah, it'd be a great story if that was the case, but uh, watch this space. Uh, he's one of those blokes that strikes me as a... Uh, a lifelong footballer, so I wouldn't be surprised to see him pop up somewhere else uh, if he gets the itch after a few weeks or a bit like, you know, some of the Daniel Abrahams and co before him that have, uh, you know, hung up the boots and then thought, you know what, no, I, I do still want to play and, you know, because of the level of competitor they are, they want to play at the, the highest level they can, so we might see him back. But never say never and just watch this space, I suppose. Yeah, that's right, mate. Watch this space. Let's see. Well, mate, um, obviously that's uh, the standouts from the the, uh, the side that uh, didn't get the result they wanted. But what about from the side that did get the result? Obviously, uh, a fairly comfortable margin of victory, uh, forty-two to fourteen, as we said. Brock Lamb, I'm sure you've got some some other stats for me, but an absolute clinic in terms of points haul. Uh, nine from nine goals, so six from six conversions, three from three penalty goals, and a meat pie just to add some sauce on it. Chad O'Donnell with a triple as well. So they have certainly uh, combined for quite a lot of points, mate. Yeah, that's right, mate. Um, yeah, Lamb with a try, O'Donnell just with a double there for Chad. Um, but yeah, Brock, we'll start with Brock. He, um, the best on ground. I think he got man of the match from Newcastle Rugby League as well. And uh, two line break assists, a try assist, two further try contributions. So that's three try involvements, two line break involvements, a line break of his own. So I guess you can say three. Um, four tackle busts and two forced dropouts with most of his kicks, actually all of his kicks being marked as effective. So uh, he, he did really well, and then Chad as well. So the two meat pies, six tackle busts, the line break, line break assist, and also a good kicking game. I think they really capitalised off. Um, I think they really capitalised off the back of their forward pack. And I'm actually going to touch on the forwards from the bench from uh, Maitland this week. I, everyone knows that um, you know Maitland's starting pack performed week in week out, put up really solid numbers. Busty Taylor and, and Sam Anderson, but. Um, this game, I thought um, Toa and, and uh, Matadia from the bench were fantastic for Maitland. The impact they provided, 117 metres for Toa and 113 for um, Pazair and uh, so over 10 metres a run each. And Toa actually also contributed a line break and two try assists, which was the most in the team, even more than Brock Lamb. So I'm sure he'll have a nice chuckle on the, on the stat, uh, stat paper that I provide and say that he was top uh, try assist uh, contributor this week uh, with two. Mate, he, um, he must have been inspired by my little chat with him uh, at training on Tuesday night. He was saying about how the boys do uh, really engage with the stats and they, and they love knowing who comes out on top each week. And he wanted, he, he wanted a bit of a mention. I think he, that's what he's angling for. But, uh, look, I could have just given him the, uh, the obligatory one because he asked nicely. But, mate, uh, no requirement there when you're putting up numbers like that. You're up in lights. Yeah, 100%. He's timed that well after a chat with you. Definitely inspired, I'd say, mate, to do his best. He was, uh, he was rampaging through the middle. Uh, yeah, one, one try assist from a link play, uh, backing up in great support and passing it on, drawing the fullback, and another one with that line break, busting through and then delivering a ball. I uh, can't remember who to, but yeah, fantastic uh, from Toa there. I also touch on um, Will Neuenhauser uh, from Maitland, their winger. Two tries, three line breaks, and six tackle busts. So I mentioned off air that Will, he's um, really progressed this season. He's, you know, starting out this year. I didn't know too much about him midway through the year. He was having, you know, like acceptable games and, and, and on par for what Maitland expected at the back end of the year. I think he's really lifted, uh, really lifted his game. And, and as we can see that, because he's kept out uh, someone who's a regular. 
He certainly has, mate, pushing Perry LeBrock out of the squad and... Uh, yeah, certainly be interesting to see what Maitland decide to go with in the grand final, not only in that spot, but you talked about the middles, mate. Uh, James Taylor, as I said, uh, facing a couple-of-week holiday as well uh, with the early plea, and, uh, yeah, um, plenty of guys who are putting their hand up there, but um, yeah, they'll have to reconsider their rotation and see who they skip into the team and also open up a bench spot, mate. Uh, might be interesting because their reserve grade side still in contention as well, so that might stretch them a little bit thinner. Yeah, that's right, mate. Um, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Sorry, I was just uh, researching uh, play rugby league. Is, is sometimes those stats. So sorry, so I was under the bus. So let me get back to you in a second on that. Yeah, mate. Um, I, I should actually go through and do some detailed analysis with you rather than just assuming that play rugby league tells me that Chad O'Donnell scored three tries when he actually scored two. So. There's a Maitland picker out there that's been robbed. So as Jeff Tuvey would say, there's got to be an investigation. Uh, someone has been stiffed a try, um, although I'm sure Chad's happy to run with it after uh, I uh, accidentally didn't air his interview the other week, which um, I'm sure he's not going to forgive me for anytime soon. Yeah, I'd say not, mate. Um, so yeah, yeah player I believe got three O'Donnells, one Lamb, and no, two non-availables. And I've got two O'Donnells, one Lamb, to Neuenhauser, so so I think he's a not available, Mr. Private. Uh, oh no, actually, he's not. He's not. Yeah. The, the, so they, the interesting so, thing is, there's no not availables in the Maitland list. So <laughs> I don't know what's okay. going on. Uh, although they only list, they've only got four people on the bench, and and I believe Perry LeBrock was the uh, concussion substitute. So someone's missing. There's all sorts of dramas. Like I said, let's just leave it with tubes, and there's got to be an investigation. I, there has to be an investigation, mate. I know Will's been on private all season, so maybe that just updated then. So Will got a double, and we can't forget Peter Wilson because he'll probably tear our, tear our heads off if we forget him. The big uh, front rower off the bench, uh, yeah. also having a spectacular season. He's he got he got um, a try as well. He, he may well be in line for a starting jersey. I reckon Peter Wilson in the grand final if Taylor accepts the uh, suspension. So watch this space, mate. Um, but they're deep. That's for sure, the Maitland pickers and uh, plenty of blokes putting up numbers. And just back to the, the toe-up conversation, if there are any players out there in the final series that need that, that pep talk from me, I'm happy to come out and do it, do it for a fee. Um, all, all, money, all money goes back into local rugby league communities, I will. Any, anything from League Castle, that's always our mantra, mate, uh, that we do make sure that anything that comes into League Castle itself is, is that, and I'll uh, attribute that as such. So, um, yeah, Matt Sobelola, if you need it. Like, a bit disappointing not to see you get across the stripe soaps, but um, happy to come and have a bit of a pep talk and a chat to you. <laughs> I'm sure the boys will appreciate the motivational. Actually, Soap's got a chat with me, so he probably doesn't. He really wants me to stay away. Oh, was, yeah, maybe he wasn't listening, mate. He was too busy counting the winnings from his uh, joint star man of the year. It's, any, any, anything is possible, mate, but... Uh, Wow, it's, uh, it's hard to believe that we've only got two games of Denton Engineering Cup left to go through, mate, uh, to wrap up our season. Well, realistically, only one because we, we're not, we're not going to be doing a grand final wrap, sorry, to, to uh, burst everyone's bubbles. Um, I'm sure you'll probably have some stats out of the grand final that you might share as a, as a, a wrap-up of what's going to be a huge week on our social media to come, mate, though. Oh, definitely, mate. Yeah, looking forward to it. Um, yeah, put up a graphic for, the, for this uh, prelim coming up between uh, the Scorps and Cessnock. Uh, stats off the back of that, obviously. Then a big week leading into grand final. We talked about it off air. We're going to uh, announce the uh, Statman Team of the Year. Thanks to Junkyard Skips. Uh, we'll probably go positionally, uh, throw them on Instagram stories, a position at a time, get people excited in the lead up to the grand final. And then uh, the next podcast will announce, we'll, we'll just run through the whole team and why they got into the team uh, and that sort of thing. Uh, we also have a really special giveaway, mate, if you want to talk talk about that. 
Yeah, well, we do have a giveaway. I was just going to wrap that up and just say that uh, next week we will uh, most likely be having two shows um, just to really uh, build into the grand final week. And we'll also finalise this giveaway that we're about to uh, uh, reverse engineer here. Any of those that follow us on Instagram, and I know lots of people have already engaged with it, uh, will know about this. Fortunately, we've had a number of the clubs, the majority realistically, almost all of them, um, come on board with some gear and some giveaways to our wonderful listener base. So what we're able to do is we've got prizes from, as I said, a number of the clubs in the Denton Engineering and Newcastle Rugby League competition. So that's all the Denton Engineering Cup sides. Are, we've, we've reached out to them and, and the majority have come back as well as the Northern Hawks who are one of the first ones to come back to us um, with some gear. And if you jump onto our Instagram, all you need to do, and I'll try and keep this as simple as I can because I keep tripping over the description, you need to make sure you like our Instagram, like or follow our Instagram page, and you also need to ensure that you comment on the initial giveaway post that was put up early this week. The things you need to comment on there are someone else who you'd like to tag in terms of another local rugby league fan and your preferred real NRL, Newcastle Rugby League, Denton Engineering Cup, whatever you'd like to call it, club. What we will then do... Friday next week, so that's Friday the 9th of September in the lead-up to Grand Final. At midday, we'll close it off. We'll do a randomizer. We'll randomize it three times, everyone that's put in eligible and correct entries. And the list of winners, uh, allowing if we've got prizes from all the clubs by that point or if we're still sitting at sort of nine um, as opposed to 11, however many prizes we've got, that will be the order that those people will get to pick from the prizes then we'll organise to get the prizes to you. We've got possession of some of the prizes you would have seen in the photo. A couple of clubs, they've just offered to ship them out directly to the winners. Um, and, yeah, so it's been a huge response from the clubs, mate. I honestly thought we might have got, you know, some some scraps here and there, but some of the quality of the goods that, and, you know, the you know this, the sheer stack of goods, like, you know, multiple items from a number of the clubs, mate, it's been absolutely phenomenal, the response you and I have both been involved in reaching out. And, yeah, I've been overwhelmed, I have to say, and a big thank you to the clubs that have got behind it. Yeah, absolutely fantastic, Chris. Thanks for your initiative for, for getting this giveaway off the ground and uh, contacting some clubs. And, and yeah, the, the response was just brilliant. Uh, most of the clubs, yeah, secured as uh, one to four or five items. And, yeah, we look forward to giving them back to the fans of Lake Castle and the fans of the local competition. Um, yeah, it'll be great for the clubs and great for the fans to, to get something as well. Certainly will, mate. So we'll make sure to share that on our other social media channels as well to make sure that it's getting the broadest possible coverage. But the entries will only count that are on our Instagram uh, on the post. So not on the story or anything else. It's on the post. Uh, But we'll continue to share that over the next couple of weeks because we want to give as many people as we can the possibility of entering. Um, You can maximum of one entry per person just to keep it nice and fair. That said, you can tag multiple people though and they may tag you and all those sorts of things. So that'll be great if we can get the you know, the, the, the full circle and close the loop there with everyone tagging away. Because at the end of the day, what we're all about is one, being able to give back to you guys as our phenomenal listener base, but two, also um, just continuing to grow the community that we've got around this to get more coverage for the, the wonderful local rugby league competitions that we have. Um, and hopefully we'll be able to do something like this with some of the Newcastle and Hunter clubs and other clubs in years to come and uh, spread that even further. So we look forward to doing that. But yeah, as we said, an absolute bumper week next week. We'll have all the positions for the team of the year, uh, including a coach of the year. We'll also um, be able to, um, I guess you'll probably reveal, even though it's been delayed a little, mate, next week, the uh, the little magic magic little extra bit that comes with the, uh, the team of the year, even though we won't be able to actually share it with the uh, people and show them what it looks like. 
Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna gonna yeah do a giveaway off the back of the team of the year as well in the form of um, I guess we shall limit it to some memorabilia, shall we say? So uh, interested to see what they t- very, interested to see what they t- like when they arrive. Very exciting. It's um, yeah, I, I'm really pumped at the lengths Josh has gone to to organise this. So we can't wait for that. Um, well, as as Josh said, we'll have our standard graphics leading up to the prelim final and also to the grand final. We're gonna have two shows, the teams. Uh, all those other pieces that we normally do, the giveaway will wrap up on the Friday, and that'll lead into a weekend of grand finals Saturday and Sunday. Um, it would be remiss of me not to mention there are grand finals this week as well. Uh, thanks to Sharp Deer Central Coast, we'll have the updates for the Central Coast Rugby League uh, grand finals, which uh, you know we, we will uh, talk about in the closeout of the show today as well. And, of course, thanks to Shipley Meets at Rutherford, we'll also have the Group 21 grand finals. They're both on this weekend, so uh, a little bit of an appetite wetter. Uh, in terms of moving forward into the real NRL grand finals, thanks to Junkyard Skips and the Newcastle Hunter grand finals, thanks to um, Beaver Brewery. Had a little mental blank there. And, of course, Beaver Brewery shipping off those two crisp cartons of beer to our club of the year, which is uh, the Clarence Town Cobras or the the Clouds because they're playing as that merge Clarence Town Stroud outfit. So, mate, these, these sponsors and these clubs, the amount they've given to us and the community this year is absolutely phenomenal and we couldn't do it without any of them. No, we could have, mate. Everyone from Junkyard to Beaver, um, just fantastic uh, what they've done for us uh, and our products or well, uh, our attempted, uh, I guess, expansion of, of this podcast and, and they've really helped us along with that and, and to be able to give uh, the fans back something off or some of the players off some, uh, something off the back of these guys is tremendous. So can't thank them enough for coming on board. Hopefully we can work with them for a few more years to come. Yeah, by all means, we'll be trying to increase the opportunity for local businesses that our community can support and they can support our community um, to join us in the coming years. But, mate, in terms of growing this podcast, no one's had a greater impact than yourself this year. The amount of time, 500-plus hours, you're telling me, uh, that you've put into the stats, you know, and the fact that you've managed to get the engagement back from the clubs to be able to share those in such a positive light to help grow the footprint of both this show and the game locally is, is phenomenal. I know the players are loving it. The fans are loving it. And, mate, I'm very appreciative of all the time and effort you put in as well. And uh, just a little a little side note, Josh and I recorded this episode last night. Uh, then I've had some technical difficulties for the second time this year. Uh, not a bad strike rate. Only, only, and I don't think I had any in the last two years. So two in three years, it's a bit, you know, a 1% to 2% sort of strike rate. But Josh has then kindly sat back down for another half an hour plus of this. So when he says 500 hours, I don't know if that's counting all the hours we've recorded as well, which is, you know, in the realms of probably 30 to 40 hours that we've spent, you know, recording plus the graphics that you do. So mate, between you and I and, you know, for those out there that don't understand, there really is, there's, there's five to 10 hours between us each week minimum that goes into this show. And um, mate, you've absolutely not only lightened my workload in 2022, but you've added um, what we've been able to get out there to the public. So, yeah, I take my hat off to you and I couldn't be doing this without you. So thank you very much. Oh, really appreciate it, Chris. That's, that's a nice wrap. Um, yeah, yeah, it's been a great year. Uh, lots of hard work, but um, yeah, glad that what I can do for the clubs also translates to this podcast. So it's quite seamless. And um, yeah, yeah, just your hosting as well. Obviously, I'm no host, mate. I just, I just dribble a bit with numbers. So uh, you lead the show and um, yeah, you're, you're the face with the sponsors and, and teeing up interviews with the players as everyone will enjoy your interview with um, Reid Hugo coming up next as well from Cessnock. So, yeah, big thanks to you for, for keeping driving this. Uh, I don't think anyone that I've met could probably do what you do, mate, on the top of your busy nine-to-five schedule and it's probably no surprise why 
I know more about that this local leg than my nine to five job. <laughs> Very much like that, mate. And unfortunately, it is an audio medium if I'm the face of it. So, uh, mate, a big thank you. Uh, let's have a quick run through this weekend. There is a bumper scheduled down at Lyle Peacock. We'll close out with that. Three games culminating at 2 o'clock with two clubs that have been absolute standouts alongside a number of others. But Macquarie and Cessnock, they've clawed and scratched and fought their way there. And they played an absolute thriller at Lyle Peacock only, only a month and a half or so ago. Hopefully it's a little bit more um, for the purists in terms of the game of rugby league. But, look, if it's as close as that was, a, a winger kicking a field goal in the dying stages, I think uh, you'll have ve- a lot of very happy punters uh, down at Lyle Peacock. And, and it's a bit of a rivalry game, as I talked to Reid Hugo about. But that's not the only game down there on Saturday. Saturday at 10 past 11, it all kicks off the under-19s. Lakes versus Maitland. Lakes, the minor premiers. Uh, Maitland have come through from fourth. South went out in straight sets, a little light central in first grade. So those two sides will both be fighting for the right to take on West the week after at uh, McDonald Jones Stadium. And then in reserve grade, speaking of West, the Western Suburb Rosellas will take on the Maitland Pickers in the 2v3 preliminary final, the traditional. Uh, sorry, no, it is the 1v3 preliminary final. I should, should correct myself. T- second was the Northern Hawks who won through in convincing style. Uh, they've had a combined margin of... Uh, they've won their finals by 22 and 32 points, respectively, so they'll be pretty short price favourites. But you can never write anyone off in finals footy, mate. But that, if that doesn't whet your appetite for what's to come next week, I think it's going to. I think you're, you're absolutely mad and uh, you're probably underappreciating what's on offer down there at Lyle Peacock on Saturday. Oh, 100%, mate. Yeah, it's going to be a bumper day uh, from top to bottom there. I'm sure our bookmaker friend might produce some lines, especially for first grade, but who knows, maybe even for the other games as well. Oh, um, I, was, yeah. I was speaking with him, mate. He's going to have lines for all three games that we'll, sh- we'll be able to put up on our story in the uh, next probably 24 to 36 hours, just depending on when what other content we've got to share, but we'll have those up. And also some premiership odds for all three competitions. Again, just remember, these are for entertainment purposes only. Uh, no betting is available on this, these levels of rugby league for lots of different reasons, but especially the lower grades because those players predominantly don't get paid. So it's for a bit of entertainment, but we love your feedback and thoughts on it. So get in there and let us know. And I'll tell you what, if, um, if Maitland lose, I think you and I are due to win about four houses, mate. <laughs> yeah, the amount of messages we've got from people on Instagram and whatnot saying, I'll oh, put your house on, on Maitland. Or There's a couple of houses on Central, if I'm not mistaken. So we might have to investigate where, where we're moving to. New studios. Yeah. Yeah, we might um we might be flushed with properties here in a, in a difficult market. So, yeah, people have made some big calls. Um, yeah, we'll see, mate. We'll uh, we'll see what it produces. I can't wait for the big one in first grade. Obviously, my work's all tied up in first grade. My dream would be, you know, to have the time in the day or the week to do more than just first grade, or maybe even get someone on board. But you know, funding with clubs is tough, especially in the lower grades, and also. Um, without tooting my own horn, there's not many people that have that Fox Sports background or the, I guess, patience and love to sit through hours of this. So one day, maybe, mate, who knows? But for now, my expertise is first grade. Cannot wait for Cessnock and Macquarie. Uh, completions, completions, completions will be the key. Cessnock do it really well. Macquarie do it well in patches without a halfback. We're going to see. They have strike weapons all over the field, though, and their full pack is impressive. Mate, Luke Higgins is a beast. Um, and, and other guys there, I hope Mal- Malik can play. He's been really, really good for them this season on the edge. I guess we could talk about it all day, mate. But, yeah, if, you, if you're in the area, get to the game. It's going to be a cracker. Get to all three games. Get to them. Get a blue can in here. Enjoy a steak sanger. The food and the, and the cans down there at Macquarie are magnificent. And the last thing I'm going to part on is I'm really excited because we could potentially have five different clubs 
represented on grand final day, or we could potentially have Maitland represented in all three grades. Either way, it's a great story. Both th- both weekends is going to be absolute bumper. Again, thank you to you, mate. I can't wait to get into the build up to grand final next week and be talking to you again in seven days' time. Going to be fantastic, mate. Hope everyone has a good week. Keep safe. Pray for some sun, and uh, let's go. Okay, time to get into the Denton Engineering Cup a little further, and we are fortunate to be joined by a member of the Cessnock side that uh, pulled the iron out of the fire, came back from the ashes at half time last week against Central, knocked out the second place Central Newcastle Butcher Boys, none other than Edge Second Rower, and uh, I guess almost a stalwart by these points, Reed Hugo. Reed, uh, welcome to League Castle. Yeah, thanks for having me, mate. Mate, um,. Yeah, as, as I said there, let's let's talk about the uh, elephant in the room first, mate. How was the half-time chat when you were trailing by 10 uh, on the weekend? Yeah, mate, it wasn't as uh, as bad as you'd think. There was there was a lot of positives to take out of it. I think uh, probably that first 20 minutes of the game, we controlled the game pretty well and uh, we're on top of them. And it was just sort of a few, um, that, that intercept pass to uh, Kaya that sort of broke the game away for Central a bit and... Um, they scored one late right on the bell at half-time, which sort of killed us. But, um, yeah, we went in and, and just tried to take the positives out of the game and lift ourselves up and uh, go out for a better second half. Well, whatever the speech was, mate, it certainly worked. Uh, Cessnock dominating the second half and uh, ending up getting away with that six-point victory, which, you know, at any point of the season, knocking off Central is uh, no mean feat. We know the season that they've had and, and probably a little bit unlucky for them to have gone out in straight sets having only dropped three games throughout the regular season. But, yeah, certainly would have been um, a bit of a different mood at full-time rather than half-time inside those sheds at Townsend. Yeah, that's for sure, mate. We just went out in that second half and got to give credit to our forwards. They sort of just punched through that middle for that first 10 minutes of the game. And um, that's what we spoke about at half-time, just trying to get back on top and, and just work through the middle and, and get the game back in our hands. And we done that and then managed to get a few, uh, few tries off the back of it, which was good. Certainly was, mate. You talk about the Fords, mate. Uh, the milestone man, Corey Barber, mate. Uh, what a what a way to celebrate. Um, I know you celebrated a milestone earlier in the year as well with a victory. It's nice, uh, not only to get to those milestones, but even better to get a win and even better in an elimination semi final. Yeah, that's right. It was another massive game for, for Corey. Um, he's been huge for us this year, and uh, yeah, it was good to see him get a win on that milestone game. And, mate, um, I guess obviously quite a changing of the guard this year with, with Harry Saker coming on board. How has it been? There's, there's been, a, I guess, a real rotation. There were some players in the starting lineup at the start of the year that we don't see there. We've seen, you know, some chops and changes. Harry himself was out for the first semi final, and Tyrone Neen found himself in the, the not so familiar position, certainly in, in Cessnock colours of wearing the, the seven and playing in the halves. It's uh, It's been a bit of a, bit of a, a I guess, a, a balancing act getting to this point for you guys. and. Do you feel that you're settled into that lineup now and, and some of those players which have really made you know themselves at home in the black and gold, you know, the likes of Harry, Sam Clune, these sorts of guys, is it is it settled now? Are, are you, you know, peaking at the right point? Yeah, 100%, mate. We sort of, uh, early in the season, copped a lot of injuries. I think we copped our fair share in the first half of the season there. and um, Probably through the first six to eight games, we were at least six to eight players out, out each game and sort of chopping and changing the team and Obviously, with a pretty fresh team and fresh coaching staff with Harry coming in as well. So, uh, it took a little while to, to build that combination. 
And yeah, coming into the right end of the season, we sort of started to uh, put our put our team together and put our best team on the park. And um, yeah, all them com- uh, all them combinations are coming together good at the right end of the season. Yeah, we're certainly in a good spot, as you say, at the moment. Um, you know, you've got a, a fairly full-strength side. I think just Jared Anderson, the, the one big absentee, with, I think he might have one more week t- to serve. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. Jared will be uh, free to play for the uh, grand final if we make it there. Yeah, and, and what about uh, Pe- Pe- Peter Godinet as well? Sorry, mate. Oh, yeah, Pete, yeah, mate. Um, he's done an ankle. I doubt we'll see him back in the this year. It's, it's been interesting, though, obviously, having those. How have you found it? I know you're one of the senior players in that squad now and, and, you know, sort of led the team around for quite a bit of last year and at points this year. But how's it been having those, especially those three guys with the NRL experience coming into the squad? Yeah, mate, they offer a lot of experience. And um, Harry, with his direction around the park, mate, he's a good leader and he's around the park well. Uh, big Sammy Matawara coming off the, off the rotation, huge for us. Um, I think we get a lot of punch there when we bring them boys off the bench. Uh, towards the back end of the half. So, um, yeah, they bring a lot of experience, but uh, there's plenty of that throughout the, the Newcastle Rugby League. So I don't think we're the only ones with the NRL experience. Every team's got it. And, uh, yeah, I suppose it's just the way you turn up each week and um, yeah, the best team on the day is going to get the job done. Plenty of uh, good teams in this competition and any, any team could win it on their day. Yeah, there certainly is, as you say, plenty of uh, NRL experience scattered through the competition. The team you beat last week's probably got one of the, the most um, experienced NRL, former NRL players in Luke Walsh. Uh, you'll come up against Kerrod Holland this weekend, potentially even in the halves, based on what Macquarie ended up dishing up last week with the uh, injury to Searle. So uh, it's certainly a stacked competition, and I think something that gets overlooked, and I know we on this show quite often talk about the NRL experience, and those are things is, some of the players that have got the ability and either personal commitments or choices or anything else has gotten in their way. And um, because of that, they've made decisions that meant they haven't gone on, even though quite possibly there's there's plenty of guys who are talented enough who've only plied their trade in the, in the real NRL who could have gone on to the NRL should they have made that, that path their choice. Yeah, that's right, mate. There's so much talent in this competition and uh, so many players, yeah, that, as you said, haven't gone on to NRL that probably could have made a career in the NRL. But, um, yeah, with different things and families that, that they've stayed in the Newcastle Rugby League and that's what makes it such good competition and um, that's why I think when, when these boys come back to this competition they don't sort of they, they stand out obviously they're, they're, they're great players but um, yeah they're no better than a lot of the other players throughout the competition um, and yeah, it's just about controlling not only them boys but across the board uh, especially coming up against the Pro this weekend mate they've got a a lot of talent across the board and uh, there won't be any single person we're sort of trying to target there. We'll, we'll just focus on our own job and um, and uh, worry about that and, and let that result come from there. Yeah, certainly, mate. And, and again, just before we move away from sort of, I guess, the broader NRL topic, there's been a bit of talk recently and we talked about it on the show last week. Do you think there's a, there should be a bit more of a focus from the Knights to sort of turn that sort of eye back inwards on the on the local competition. Obviously, we saw Braden Musgrove come from your club only a couple of years ago and make his way through to the NRL. Probably hasn't strung together as many games as he would have liked, but there's certainly be, it'd be great if there was a bit more of a formal pathway and, we, and there was more of a focus on some of these young guys coming through. I know your club's got quite a handful of talented young players, as do most of the clubs through the comp. 100%, mate. You've got to not only look, look at the players that are playing in the NRL that have come out of this competition that the Knights have missed, but... Um, yeah, the, the talent that's in the competition still, um, I think they need to have a good hard look in their own backyard and uh, 
try and pick a bit of talent from there because there's definitely plenty of uh, players in the Newcastle Rugby League that could help them out, that's for sure. Yeah, I have to agree wholeheartedly with you, mate. Let, let's have a look at this weekend, and obviously it's a monster game for Cessnock. It's only a couple of years removed from winning a grand final, but the, you know it was only two years ago, pre-COVID, all those sorts of things that you guys managed to take out the title, but that doesn't make you any less hungry, I'm sure, and I know while we talk grand finals, the focus will very much be on Macquarie this week. What's the key going to be to get you to that next step and a, and a date with Maitland in a week and a half's time? Yeah, 100%, mate. It's definitely a uh, big, big emphasis on us trying to get to that grand final. It's a, it's a very different team than we had in 2020. And, uh, yeah, I've never seen a team so hungry to uh, to win games, which which we've seen on the weekend. So uh, we're just going to go out and, and focus on ourselves as we did in that second half on the weekend and just try and get our own backyard right and um, try and control try and control Central. They've got some handy players. Um, obviously, Carrot at the back there is a big, big one for them. Higgins at nine. Um, I'm, I'm not sure on the injury of Searle. I did say he went down against Maitland on the weekend, but uh, being such a big game, I wouldn't be surprised if he uh, got himself right and got out there on the field this weekend. You never know. So um, they're going to they're going to put a quality team on the field this weekend, and uh, yeah, we'll just try and get our own our own job done. And uh, I look forward to that game. Yeah, certainly. It's always it's always a bit of a it's an unaffi- one of those unofficial rivalries in the competition. I feel Macquarie and Cessnock and there's a few boys that have that have headed down there as well that you've played um, played a good chunk of footy with, mate, in uh, Joe Woodbury and also um, Connor Kirkwood. So does that add a little bit of extra spice? I know it's not easy to go down there anyway, but does it add an extra bit of spice, not only a grand final on the line, but a bit of bragging rights with some old mates as well? Yeah, 100%, mate. It's, uh, there's no question it's a tough place to go and play football. Um, you cop a fair bit of abuse down there from the crowd and uh, that always uh, pumps you up a little bit, so... Yeah, in one way, it's a, it's a shit place to go down and play, but, um, yeah, it also adds a bit of excitement and a good atmosphere down there. And, um, yeah, look forward to playing against them boys. Obviously, they're both in great form and both good players, so uh, we'll be looking to control them boys as well and, um, yeah, hopefully get a bit of bragging right there. Yeah, and certainly, mate, last time you went down there, it was probably far from the prettiest game I've seen. I think I think you actually missed the game, um, if, I, if I'm not wrong. Um, but it was... It was not the uh, yeah, it wasn't exactly a game for the purists, and uh, a, wing, a winger kicking a field goal was a, a bit of a, a bit of a strange way to win it. But two points was two points at that stage, and I'm sure you'd take the same this time. But hopefully, we can get a, a bit more of a cracking game of footy, and uh, you know your options are there should you need to seal it out uh, all around the park. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I was on the uh, on the sideline injured watching that one, and uh, yeah, it was a tough game to watch, very back and forward, and uh, not a lot of points scored, and we uh, just slipped away with it in the end there with a field goal. Obviously, Hanetti pushing Harry out the way and slotting the field goal there. Um, but, yeah, I'd like to not get to that point again and uh, score a few more points. But, mate, if we've got to do it, obviously we've got the blokes there that can do the job. And, um, yeah, look forward to it. Yeah, certainly looking forward to it. I encourage everyone to get down to Lyle Peacock uh, this weekend. It will be an absolute bumper clash. Macquarie up against Cessnock in first grade. We've got the lower grades earlier in the day. Two o'clock on Saturday, it's going to be a bumper clash, and I'm sure, as you say, you uh, you boys would like to have it in the bag a little bit earlier. But it'll be a cracking encounter. I'm looking forward to the Fords battle in particular. Some, you know, your big boys up against the likes of Liam Higgins and Co. So, mate, all the best for the weekend. Good luck, and uh, yeah, for your sake and and Harry and the crew. Uh, hopefully, you can get the W and take Cessnock to another big dance. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, heaps.
All right, let's kick off the Newcastle and Hunter Community Rugby League semi-final coverage, a double header of coverage this week. But our first guest, uh, I believe at least once, if not twice, he's hung up the boots and, and walked away from rugby league. At one point, he dabbled in the dark arts of rugby union before realising where his true home lay. So much so that Dave Hoban recruited him back and made him captain of their A-grade side at Dora Creek. Scott Webby Fitzpatrick, welcome back to League Castle, mate. Thanks very much, mate. I don't know about the recruitment side of things. I think I'm more... Uh grovels and got up down on my hands and knees to have me back. Oh, so you, you offered to take the burden of the captaincy as part of your uh, penance for, for leaving it for a while. <laughs> yeah, mate, no, that's, that's about the crux of it, to be honest. Uh, well, mate, um, great to have you back on the show and um, always good to have a chat with you. I mean, you and I keep in touch about footy a little bit in the background anyway, so it's always good to have a bit of a, a chinwag about how things are. It was, we were due to get someone back on from the Swampies. There was popular request after Dave's excellent episode earlier in the year that, to get him back on to you know pull apart all the issues of Newcastle Hunter Rugby League, but I, th- I, thought, I'd, I thought I'd give him a spell because he's a busy man. Mate, it'd be a four-hour special, wouldn't it? It'd just go and go and go. Yeah, I was going to say, you get me and Hobes together talking footy, it could go for quite a while. We both, both love our footy and, you know, he might be a bit of a polarising character, but I've got quite a lot of time for Hobes and uh, the fact that he is, you know, genuinely trying to, you know, prosper footy in that region that you guys, you know, sort of represent and play from. But enough about waxing lyrically, he, uh, we don't need to build him up too much. He'll do that himself if he gets a chance. But, mate, he's done a great job. And again, Dora Creek, minor premiers and, and into another grand final. What's going to be the key to um, a different result to last time you found yourselves in a, in a grand final two years ago? Uh, mate, I, I think sort of similar setup this year, to be honest, with the way this comp's gone. We, I mean, at the end of the day, mate, I don't, I don't know if you guys realise, but we've only, we've only played 10 games of footy this year. So it's, it's similar to, that, to that, that COVID break that we had two years ago where we played off and on. And, and I think the key for us at the moment is, is it's a, I suppose it's a double-edged sword at the end of the day, but we're fresh. We've only played 10 games of footy. Like I said, we've got no injuries. We just come off a, a four or five week spurt of no footy, played on the weekends, got through that well. We've got next week off and, and into the grand final. I think a nice, nice, relaxed sort of two weeks, nothing too involved and, and just put the polish on, on what's been a pretty good season, hopefully, mate. That's, that's, that'll be the fairy tale for me anyway, I think, um, and, and hopefully everyone else around the club too. Yeah, well, mate, um, I'm sure I'm sure yourself and, and a couple of the other elder statesmen of the club might be the nice way of putting it. Would be would be quite happy with um, some intermittent footy to allow the knocks and bruises to recover each time you go around, and, and won't be hating having a week off. It'd be good, to, as you say, to have that one run in the belt, the 28-16 win over an improving South side who who are really starting to hit their straps at the right end of the season, mate. Mate, they really have. Um, if if you look back towards the start of the year, I mean, I think we we put a bit of a, a decent score on them at their home ground. You, you look from from then onwards, and, and things just looked up for them. And, and on the weekend, mate, they're exceptional. They're, they've got a young young half in Warren Baxter that just let him around the park really, really well. His kicking game was phenomenal. Um, mate, I, I think the, the weekend will be really interesting. I mean, knowing that Woodbury got Mark coming back, and and also Stevie Wafford, I um, I think it'll be a lot different, a lot tougher task for South Newcastle. But um, in saying that, I. I think Woodbury will get them. Yeah, it's certainly going to be an interesting one. It's two sort of somewhat contrasting styles. Uh, Woodbury will try and you know impose themselves physically as they've done against a number of sides, including yourselves, a couple of times this year, and um, we know, know some of the outcomes of that. And South, though, are going to have to probably stand up to that, but then still stick to their structures and, and get things done if they are to repeat that um, result from two weeks ago. Yeah, look, if if you look at look at it from a footy aspect, I, I think that. 
to South Newcastle have got a good young young side with, with potential all around the park to score points. If you get stuck in that little bit of an arm wrestle with Woodbury and you try to play him in the middle and, and the physicality of, of that team we all we all know about, we've all experienced this year, you um you can end up in a in a pretty daunting task in trying to trying to beat him in the middle, that's for sure. Yeah, certainly. The weather probably falling slightly in Woodbury's favour too with predictions of rain Friday and Saturday, a softer track and things tend to fall up the middle, mate. But mate, I'm, I'm interested you calling South Newcastle a younger side. Uh, that is the nicest thing anyone said about Dwayne Sampson since he won League Castle Bachelor of the Year. <laughs> oh, mate, you'll love me for that one. No, mate, actually, to be honest with Ellie, he, he's won in the clock back. He played some outstanding football against, against us on the weekend. Um, probably the best footy I've, played in, I've seen him play for the, the past two or three years, to be honest, mate. He was, he was really hard to handle. I know our middles um, found him pretty hard to handle and he was he's just, just so hard to, to, to tackle front on. Just bumps you off every time. Mate, the fact that he's a, he's, a, he's a six that's now clearly trapped in a front rower's body, he's got some good ball skills as well. If he gets that bump, and even if you even if you get hold of him, unless you actually wrap him up on that first attempt, which is quite hard because he's like a little cube, Sambo, it's just, yeah, it's, it's quite a challenge, isn't it? And he can get that ball away and they've got some good guys that just know to hang off him um, and, and get that second phase going. Yeah, you know, you know it's coming from from fifteen out, lady. This little little bowling ball coming directly at you, and he's bloody hard to stop. He knocks you over like bowling pins, that's for sure. He certainly does, mate. And also one of my favourite characters. And and I'm not sure if you tuned into last week. I, I was getting into both of you a little bit. Um, I was a bit concerned if you two got waylaid talking to each other about footy partway through the game that everything might come to a halt. Because mate, we talk about me and Hose, but you two both love to love to chat the footy chat as well. No, nah, the good thing about Sambo, he's only on for five and he sits the rest off each half, so but I don't have to niggle too much with him. No, nah, exactly right, mate. No, he's, it, is, it is always good. He is a talented footballer, mate, and you know to have been fortunate enough to see him in his prime, uh, if he had kept himself in Nick, he could have been real dangerous, but he's dangerous enough as it is. But speaking of people that are dangerous enough, as you said, Mark Tafua coming back in is a, is a huge addition for Woodbury, and um, if, if he can keep them channelled in the right direction with that physicality, it's, it's almost going to be impossible for them to stop. And as you say, they probably enter, even though they lost two weeks ago, with him back in there, they probably enter this one as slight favourites. Yeah, mate, mate, I think they do for sure. I mean, the, what, what the players around Mark get off him um, is, is second to none. Yeah, you look at their, their, their team, I mean, Stevie Wafford in there as well. They've got some pretty, pretty experienced um, seasoned campaigners there that have been around the traps and they know semi-final football. Um, Mate, with Mark and Stevie leading around the park, I, I think they'll be really hard to stop, I do. Yeah, they certainly will. It'll be an interesting clash. And I'm, I'm actually also looking forward to the, the battle in the halves. Obviously, you talked about uh, uh, Baxter as well as, you know, the experience of Luke Hoppy there as well, um, coming up against, uh, you know, those uh, halves from Woodbury, including Kyle Hanford, who was part of that side, that Thornton Beresfield that managed to get that win two years ago. So Kyle knows his way to big game football, and he was a big part of, of what, that Thornton Beresfield side did well. So, um, again, he's got the job of steering around a lot of those big bodies and just making sure that they do stick to their structure, Woodbury, if they're going to get the two points. Yeah, mate. Look, Kyle's got a, a kicking game similar to Matt Burton. He puts up these bombs and, and they're phenomenal. They're, they're these big towering bombs. I think the key to, to Woodbury is, is shutting him down. You, you you let him sort of to play his game nice and early and he settles into a routine and he's hard to stop. Um, but yeah, I think putting a lot of pressure on him nice and early in the game, making him feel uncomfortable is probably a key to victory there. Certainly is, mate. Well, let's, let's just divert things away from the A-grade competition for a moment because, as we know, Dora Creek, three-side uh, three club. Um, your ladies, they made the finals this year, unfortunately went by the wayside 
in the first week of the finals. But your C grade boys, mate, they, they finished fifth. They knocked off Morissette. Took a big scalp last week in Golden Point up against Lakes, and they've got a huge job in front of them against the Wobbacle this weekend. Yeah, mate, the um you, you look at the, the side they've got on the park with, with Aaron and Matty Simon and even one of our old players, Theron Pearson, out there. They've Again, they've got a, a lot of experience out there. Um, mate, you, you look at that side and they probably compete pretty well in B grade. I mean, that the, the sides remaining there as, as well with Raymond Terrace. They, they compete as well, no doubt. Uh, our, our boys, I think the, the benefit for them, mate, is, is they get – we do a lot of – of um, edge on edge and, and sort of opposed against them and mate they, they, they really are a, a, a well skilled side they've, they've got good talent all around the park and being led by someone like Boston Smith who, who we know was our man of the match when we beat Belmont in the top a few the grand final a few years ago um, he, he's, he's just a pure footballer mate he's a freak and um, they just as long as they commit and, and, and dig deep this week, mate, they'll they'll, they'll give a Wobby call a big shake. You know, I wouldn't be surprised to see an upset there. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Obviously, um, I, I would t- hazard a guess that Theron and Boston might have played together during Theron's time at at Dora Creek. Would that be fair? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They would have for sure, actually, mate. Theron didn't finish the season out with us. He had, he um he had to move away yep. for work issues, and um, so. They, they, I think they might have even played a couple of games in the halves together at one stage there. Yeah, certainly some some good names there in that side, as you say. And mate, the man, the man that kicked that field goal carries a uh, a pretty heavy heavy surname in rugby league as well. That, that won the game for them on the weekend. Yeah, Keeks, big Keeks. He's um, he did come to the club at the start of this year from from Berkeley down the coast here with um, yeah, just just come for a change and, and made his fit the club really really well. I hope he sticks around for a while. Mate, he, might, he, he might have kicked the field goal, but he's certainly not matching his old man. A lot of people will know his old man from his refereeing days in Shane Hayne, um, but he's not matching him in terms of uh, the try-scoring feats. I don't know if you realise Shane held the record or holds the record for most tries in a senior first-grade competition in country rugby league for quite a number of years if he doesn't still hold it from his Group 21 days. How many was it? Uh, I don't know the number, but it was obviously a pretty decent tally. So um, before he was uh, out there rocking that very tanned and white tanned skin and white smile with the whistle in the pink, uh, he was actually a handy footballer, which just goes to show occasionally there are referees that have got some talent that, in the playing game. I was never one of those. I had no talent when I played. I was a front, I was a front rower who was mediocre, as anyone will vouch that's seen me. So, um, But, yeah, so in, inter- interesting to see just a, a very random little uh, train-spotting moment there. But Keegan, obviously... Um, not bad with the boot, mate. Um, pretty sharp on the conversion tee and as well kicking uh, field goals by the look of it. Yeah, mate. I, I didn't get to see it, but the boys were, were giving me a bit of an update. Apparently, he missed a, a bit of a sit-up penalty goal from right in front in Golden Point 2 to win the game, so I don't know if you knew that one. No, yeah, no. no they, did, they did have penalty goals <laughs> one, from, one from two here, but as you know, the Play Rugby League timings on, on events is not exactly uh, reliable sometimes. <laughs> Well, as, as it says here, every point was scored in the first half, barring barring one penalty goal to Lake. So, um, yeah, it's a, not not reliable. We'll just leave it at that. Um, but uh, maybe 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 we'll get Keegan to refer that to the competition competition administrator, Leanne Hayne. Uh, <laughs> he could do, couldn't he? <laughs> but mate, uh, but I mean, what what would it what would it mean for the club? Obviously, first year having two sides in. It's obviously you guys would be pumped with where C grade have gotten to already. Um, but if, if you were to manage to have two sides in the grand final, it'd be a, it'd be a pretty big day, trip up to Raymond Terrace or Dora Creek. I would have thought. Oh, mate, it'd be massive. Those boys have, have worked their backsides off this year. They really have. Um, they've come a long way, mate. To, to be to be pure honest with you, when I looked at at preseason and, and seen some of these boys turn up, 
I remember having a bit of a chat to Hobbs and, and I sort of said, mate, do you know many of these boys? And he was like, nah, I wouldn't have a clue. They just didn't look like a bunch of footballers. They probably still don't, to be honest. They probably, they'll, they'll rip into me for this, but they, they still don't. But once once they get out there, they, they just give everything they got. They, they really, really do. They work hard for each other. And, I, mate, that, that's a key ingredient. We, we all know that's a key ingredient. If you're willing to work for each other, you'll, um, you'll see success. And I think that's what we're seeing. And, Hopefully they can uh, work for each other this weekend and get another victory. Yeah, it's certainly be a big scalp as you talked about before. Matt and Aaron Simon, Napoleon Utah, who's played at you know the tier below NRL, Theron Pearson, who's played at the tier below NRL. Obviously, all um, yeah, probably a bit more of an advanced age than they were at their peaks, but still nonetheless some very talented athletes. So if they were to pull that scalp off this week, it would be a huge one and would carry some momentum into a big game with Raymond Terrace. But we wish them all the best of luck this weekend, mate. I'm sure there'll be a big crowd heading up from Dora Creek to cheer them on at 1.30 on Saturday up there against the Wobbegal. It'll be a cracking game. And then we look forward to seeing your boys go around, mate, and uh, hopefully lift that silverware so that they can finally send you off a winner by the sounds of things. And uh, you might actually hang those boots up for one final time because if you come back again, mate, it'll be uh, John Farnham will be the new nickname, not Webby. Uh, I'm not done yet, mate. No way. No, <laughs> hey, you sound like you're done when we were talking last year. So anyway, I love, I love it, mate. You might you might have to stay on while ever hope stays on, which could be quite some time yet. <laughs> yeah, we'll see what happens there, mate. All right. Well, best of luck for the rest of the season, mate, and uh, look forward to uh, uh, hearing from you and Hobbs once you uh, finally manage to lift that trophy for t- to win 2022's A-grade competition, hopefully. No, thanks very much, mate. Thanks very much for having me again. All right, time to dig into the Southern Conference, and we are joined by a man from one of the form teams of the competition. They've come home with... A wet sail for sure. Uh, a couple of big wins in the first couple of weeks of finals, but they know they've got plenty ahead of them. We've got former Morissette, Lampton, Carrington, to name a few, uh, player, and now Budgie Boy Bulldog, Mark Regato. Mark, welcome to Lee Castle. Hey, Chris. Good to be here. Thanks, mate. Thanks for having me. No worries, mate. We've had Ken. Ken's been in our ear about Southern Conference coverage a bit this year, and we've had, uh, we had one of the boys from the Ducks on a couple of weeks ago, so... When we were chatting uh, earlier in the week or across the weekend, I, I said to Ken, who's the man to get on? And he, he sung your praises and said, you're the go-to here. So no pressure, mate, no pressure at all. <laughs> oh, yeah, I think Kenny sees me as, as the cool head. So um stepped in as captain the last three or four weeks. So, um, yeah, happy to jump on and have a yarn of, about how we're going and the progress in the club. Yeah, mate. Well, let's touch on Ken first of all, mate. He's been, a, you know, an instrumental part of Budgie Wheat, especially, you know, I've only dealt with him in their, you know, involvement in Newcastle and Hunter Rugby League. He's a larger-than-life man and he's uh, very passionate about his football. A little bit old school in his ways in some ways, but, mate, he's um, he's a bit of the heart and soul of that club down there. Oh, most definitely, Kenny. Um, yeah, bleeds Budgie Wheat, that's for sure. He um, he does so much, not just for the seniors, for the juniors, and, and but pretty much the whole community in, in general. So, um, yeah, you know, if you ask about Budgie Boy uh, Rugby League, you know, Kenny's name's always at the top of the list there. So I can't praise him enough for what he does and, you know, really makes you feel welcome, you know, as soon as you come to the club. So, no, it's great to hear, mate. It's certainly great to see, you know, Budgie Boy doing well over the last few years. Um, I, know, I know from, you know, I grew up and spent a few years down the Central Coast as I talked when we had one of the boys on um, in the last year or the year before and played some juniors there. Back in the days when they had a Saturday league side in the old Central Coast comp, and it's good to see they've still got that opportunity now alongside a couple of the other Central Coast sides like Arimba and Northern Lakes to come and play 
in the Newcastle and Hunter competitions. And, mate, as I said in the intro there, you're a man that's fairly familiar with it. How have you found Budgie Week compared to some of those other clubs that you've been at? Um, obviously, you joined mid-year, so it obviously hasn't taken you long to settle in, mate. They've given you the C next to your name already for a few weeks, so you're part of the furniture already. Yeah, well, I don't know. I'm, I'm a bit of a old head when it comes to this sort of footy, so it was pretty easy to step in. I, you know, I know some of the boys personally, but like I, I spoke to you about before, I think um, the biggest thing that um, I've taken out of you know the five or six games that I've been here already is just the camaraderie within the group. There's been a big chunk of boys that sort of come and 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 filled in five or six weeks ago and haven't played rugby league in ten or so years, and they're slowly starting to find their feet and. And, and we're just sort of gelling as a group. And I think, you know, you can't coach that or that stuff is just up to individuals to come together. And um, that's sort of what we're, we're really um, priding ourselves on at this back end of the season is the energy and um, camaraderie in the group is amazing. Yeah, certainly um, gone from strength to strength, as we talked about uh, earlier in the intro, uh, Mate, uh, half centuries or, or 60 points in the last two, last three games that you've, you've tallied up, mate. Um, certainly really starting to click at the right time of the season. Yeah, I think our spine, we've, we've maintained the, pretty much the same spine for the last five or six weeks, which is pretty crucial, especially in this, in this sort of competition. Um, and just really concentrating on um, discipline is, is a big thing that we go into each game because, you know, obviously it can easily get carried away in lower hunter footy and... Um, some of the score lines don't really um, sort of uh, judge what the game was like, especially on the weekend. That was probably one of the toughest games that we've played this year. Um, score line aside, uh, Maitland United are a very physical side and you always know what you're going to get when you go up against them. It's just more keeping a cool head and, and playing to what you're trained for. So, um, yeah, you know, the score lines obviously are, are great at the end of the day, but we're just trying to do them 1% as right. And um, especially leading into this weekend, it's going to be... Big, big game against the Red Dogs. Certainly will be, mate. Um, as someone who's been around the traps in Newcastle and Hunter, you're probably more familiar with these guys than some of your club mates. But you're talking about Maitland United. They're physical. West Maitland are going to be no less physical this weekend. Yeah, no, I get that. I haven't played against them personally this year. And I've watched a few of their games. And I know a couple of the boys that play in there just for, for playing around the last few years. So... Um, yeah, we'll, we'll mix fire with fire when we have to, but we'll, as long as we keep a cool head and um, well, the, rain, the weather predicts a bit of rain, so we might have to change up a few things. But like I said, we just, um, we're just we just going to go in and concentrate on, on what we train on and um, try to try to keep discipline and, um, yeah, the, the best side will win at the end of the day. They certainly will, mate. And, um, yeah, as you say, uh, a little bit of a wet track predicted on uh, Saturday morning potentially, which might... Uh, I mean, it, it tends to slow it up a little bit more and add to the, the physicality of it. So I know Budgie Woy, you know, a bit like West Maitland are a side that um, certainly pride themselves on, on rolling up the sleeves and uh, aren't, you know, aren't scared of doing the, the tough yards. And we talked about him before, a man that uh, you added into the squad around the same time you did you joined. The experience of a guy like Brock Harmer has got to be a, a really strong piece in, in, that pe- in that sort of middle as well. I mean, I know he can play on the edge or through the middle, but he certainly doesn't shirk the hard work. Oh, Brocky, Brocky is a legend. I've only had the pleasure of playing with him this year and he's definitely strengthened up our, our edge. And, um, you know, obviously with commitments and stuff, he, he doesn't get to play every game. We're going to be, he actually won't be in this weekend, so um, he'll be a big loss for us. But like I said, um, just, he, he's, um, just his footy head has been able to teach some of the, the other guys that step in um, just what role to play and 
like I said, it's like we've all come together as a group this year, so everyone knows what their role is. And um, you know, as long as we go out and 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 play the footy that we know we can play, um, no matter what who plays what position, we um hopefully get away with the W. And mate, you talked about the spine earlier. You got a very talented man who's playing in the halves for you, Braden Peachy, leading tryscore in the competition. Mate, he is a very dangerous player, and so as you say, getting some solid pieces around him has probably freed him up and enabled him to play his natural game a little bit in the back half of the season. Yeah, definitely. Fresh as the AF, he, he is a freak. He's a freak, uh, freaky football player, that's for sure. Um, it's been good for me too, especially playing at nine. I was just really getting to learn his game and when to give him ball. And, you know, obviously um, a lot of teams stack his side when when we're, we're going good. So it opens up opens up the field for the other side as well. So it's... um. Yeah, playing to our strengths is a big, big key, especially at this back end. But you know, if you need something done, and you give it to to Peachy, and um, you know, he usually makes makes magic happen. So um, that's when you've got them sort of you know off the cuff footy players in this competition. You're already one step ahead. Yeah, you certainly are, mate. Now, another man who I'll, I'll probably get in trouble if I don't give him a mention because he's uh, the number one messenger of our inbox on the uh, on the Facebook page is Matty Ashford. He's the, I, I, I don't think the ink had even dried on me updating the scores and he, and he corrected me today when I put the scoreboard up. But, mate, did, would you like to see a few more tries out of Matty? I know he's, I know he's at the advanced end of the age spectrum, but um, what do you reckon? T- time for him to pull up his socks a little bit more and help out or what's the story there? <laughs> Well, I don't think I can say much on that. He got a good double on the weekend, so I think I'd be shooting myself in, in my foot if I said anything about that. So um, he, he might have he might have heard you in the background, and um, yeah, he got a good he got a good double on the weekend, and he um, got a good intercept was about eighty meters or so. So he um, he still got it. That's the, for sure. the thirty-eight-year-old hammies are still there, mate. They're still going. Yeah, like, they're still going. I, I did say to him that you know I was a bit disappointed it wasn't a hat trick, but you know maybe that'll be this week. Maybe this will be the uh, the week he picks up and gets the three points and three tries. Uh, no expectations, Matty. But no, mate. Um, well, again, great to see Budjoy doing well. It's going to be a tough road from here. You've got to obviously get over West Maitland and then Hamilton. You saw Hamilton a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago now, and got the win there. So that'll build some confidence. But it's very much probably the focus for Budgie this weekend and just getting past West Maitland and worrying about what comes next after that. Yeah, most definitely. I think other than the semi-finals, we haven't had more than 15 people um, playing each week just due to commitments, injuries and, and whatnot. So I think having that full bench um, strengthens us a lot. And like we you know, ended up rolling Hamilton with 14 players down there. So we take a lot of confidence out of that. But they're an 80-minute team as well. So, um, yeah. Hoping that we we get there, we know we've got to play for the eighty minutes. But like I said, we've just got this week um, concentrating on, on what we've got to do this week, and um, the rest is yeah out of our control. Yeah, certainly, mate. And and it probably doesn't uh, hurt to remind your boys that uh, you are from the last time we had grand finals. You are a defending premier from the C grade competition, so it'd be nice to we'll call it back to back. It's different competitions and a COVID year in between. But I'm sure you'd love to uh, add another trophy to the cabinet in. What's well, been a pretty a pretty short stint so far, but undoubtedly a long one to come for Budgie Boy in the Newcastle Hunter Rugby League. Yeah, definitely. Well, I think Budgie's only been in the competition for about five years, and they won that C grade competition against Hamilton, I think it was. So, yep. um, yeah, there's definitely a bit of um, a bit of a uh, bit, bit to play for there. So, um, like I said, uh, we don't really um, look too much into. Um, too many weeks ahead, we're just, we're just looking and know what we've got to do this weekend and 
we've got a big task this weekend against the Red Dogs, and as long as we put everything together like we have the last four or five weeks, um, hopefully we get away with a W. Yeah, well, it'll be a nice early start. 11.50 up at Raymond Terrace. We'd encourage any Coast fans who want to get up there and support in the blue and white to get there and get behind you, mate, because undoubtedly the Red Dogs will have a good following behind them. Uh, but all the best for this weekend, uh, and hopefully for your sake, that the continued march continues for at least one more week and you get that nice little rematch against the Ducks. It's created a, a nice little rivalry, even though there's been quite a changing of the guard um, over recent seasons. But it'll be an absolute cracker. It'll be a physical game and well worth the price of admission for people to get there nice and early at 10 to 12 on Saturday. I agree, mate. Look forward to it. All right, well, all the best of luck, mate, and uh, hopefully we're having a chat to you guys again ahead of the uh, the grand final. I'm sure Matty might avail himself, especially if he gets those three meat pies. <laughs> I dare say he would be. Well, thanks very much for your time, Mark, thanks. and good luck this weekend. Thanks for having me, mate. Big thanks to Mark, Scott, Reed, and of course the stats man for jumping on the show again this week. Uh, it's uh, Josh is a part of the furniture now, but a very valued part, and we really appreciate him. But we appreciate Reed, Mark, and Scott all giving up their time tonight uh, to be ready to talk local rugby league and talk about what's going on at Cessnock, Budgiewoy, and Dora Creek, respectively, as well as the competitions more broadly that they're participating in. As I said, uh, plenty of local rugby league action on the cards this weekend. We've got the Group 21 Grand Finals, the Central Coast Rugby League Grand Finals. Let's have a look at the Central Coast Rugby League Grand Finals. It all kicks off on Sunday at 8am, the entrance taking on Wyong in the Ladies League tag, followed up by the under-19s, which will kick off at 9.30. Erin taking on the entrance Tigers there. Then head into the third game, the open age, the St. Edwards Bears. They host Erinner Eagles. All these games at Edsac Oval at the entrance. Uh, we then head into the penultimate game of the day, the reserve grade grand final. The entrance Tigers taking on the Erinner Eagles. That's two and one clashing in the big dance. And then in first grade, it is a little change from the usual. It's usually Wyong and the entrance or one of those two coming up against someone else, but it's Erin Eagles at 3.30pm taking on the Tookley Hawks, the Battle of the Birds. The Hawks have done well. They've come from third and managed to qualify for the grand final. They'll be looking for a major scalp here, but Erin, they've been the pace setters all year, having dropped only the one game in season 2022, and uh, it's been some time since that happened way back in late May against the entrance. So we look forward to that one. That'll be an absolute cracking day at Ed Oval. Make sure you do get down if you're on the coast and uh, we'll bring you the updated scores thanks to Sharp DS Central Coast during the uh, Sunday afternoon and into Monday to make sure that you've got all the updates on the results and the premiers there. Um, and of course, as I said, the uh, Hunter Valley Group 21 competition, they've got their grand finals this weekend as well. And uh, that'll be an absolute belter. All the games to be held up at Scone. Uh, the fixtures for that one, uh, we're looking at the day kicking off at uh, 10 a.m. It's Scone v Singleton, the big rivalry of two of the powerhouse competitions. They clash in the ladies' league tag. We'll then be on to the under-18s where Aberdeen and Scone, they play in that combined competition. They've seen off the uh, Newcastle-based sides. They'll clash at 20 past 11 then it gets into the reserve grade and things really start to heat up as, again, Scone and Aberdeen. The minor premiers, they've had to do it the hard way. They've come back at the Tigers and qualified for the grand final. And in first grade, it is two very stacked and talented sides. Scone, very short price favourites, haven't dropped a game all season and have dominated all comers. 
They take on a Denman side that have a point to prove. Denman went down to them in the major semi-final by a whopping 62 points, and they'll be looking to bounce back. They had a big win over Greta Brankson last week, and I'm sure Liam Foran would love to go out on a high note by claiming the upset and taking Scone's first loss off them for the season. So those all at Scone Park. The main game, 2.40 p.m. It'll be a bumper day up there in Scone, and they're uh, blessed to have all four sides in a home grand final. So a great opportunity for the Thoroughbreds fans, but I'm sure there will be four other sides looking to upset their apple carts and get the wins. As we said, you've got the Denton Engineering Cup, three games down there at Lyle Peacock on Saturday, culminating in the 2 o'clock game between Macquarie and Cessnock. And, of course, Newcastle and Hunter Community Rugby League, plenty on offer there, some bumper clashes across from the ladies' league tag, the couple of women's tackle grades and the five men's grades. All day at Lakeside Oval at Raymond Terrace, two fields. It's going to be more than worth the price of admission there. You'll get plenty of finals action and uh, plenty of opportunity to improve Vibe yourself in a blue can and or two and uh, a few steak sandwiches throughout the day, so it'll be a cracker. Make sure you get down, support your local side, or if they're not running, pick another side and get behind them wherever you are. A big thanks, of course, to our sponsors. Uh, we've got uh, Shipley Meets at Rutherford. They bring us the Group 21 action. Sharp DS Central Coast. They're bringing us the Central Coast Rugby League. Beaver Brewery supporting Newcastle and Hunter Community Rugby League. And, of course, Junkyard Skips bringing us the Denton Cup and the Newcastle Rugby League. Make sure to get onto our Instagram, LeagueCastleAU, and get into the giveaway. It's pretty straightforward. Make sure you follow us on Instagram. Comment on the post with a tag for one of your friends and your favourite real NRL club, the club whose gear you'd like to win if it's available when your name comes up. And that's as simple as it is. We'll close that out next Friday. Make sure you engage in our Instagram stories with the... uh, Uh, The lines and the odds for all of these upcoming finals, again, remember, it is just for a bit of fun. There's no bets actually held on this due to gaming regulations, and it's just a friendly bookie putting them up there on our behalves. So get around it. Also check out our Facebook page, League Castle AUS. Keep posted for next week's grand final episodes and the team of the year to be announced. There's so much coming at us over the next 10 to 12 days. It's the best time of the year when it comes to rugby league. So get out there and enjoy it. Go to King. King will barge over. Will he get it down? Yes, he does. There's the premiership. Wilson runs to the line. He's got Buxton with him. It's been put on the toe. It's going to be to try. Joy Jobson's got the try. Window will get their second. You're listening to Lee Newcastle. Newcastle, Hunters, Hunters, Rugby League.